Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at The Truth Network for airing this program. Well, again, welcome to Crossroads Connection. I am Andy George, and I'm so incredibly grateful that you are taking time out of your day to listen to this program. I'm very excited about today because I had a chance to interview a licensed clinical social worker, Anthony Thomas, really about how to deal with fear. You know, as I think about fear, fear is one of those things that will absolutely stop us in our tracks. It will stop us from becoming not only all that God has for us, but really stops us from us becoming our best versions of ourselves that God is trying to do inside of us. And of course, at the time of this recording and when this recording is being aired, we are still in the midst of a pandemic around the world, this COVID-19. And I can't help but think that there's probably some of you listening right now where you are just wondering, and maybe you're not fully afraid and in fear. Maybe you're worrying a little bit. Maybe you have some anxiousness about it. Maybe you're panicking, you know, and there's probably all different levels of this on a daily basis. So as we're all dealing with this pandemic in our own ways, I wanted to share some highlights from a recent sermon that I preached called, Why Is This Happening to Us? Come on, how many of you have asked that question before? You probably asked that question today. Why is this happening to us? And as I was reading through Judges chapter 6, I came across the passage with Gideon. And this passage opens up with the Lord sitting underneath the tree, and Gideon was beating out wheat in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Now we know by reading the rest of that passage that that's such an ironic statement that the Lord is speaking to Gideon. Gideon later in a chapter says, Hey, I'm from the weakest clan and I'm the weakest person in my family. Yet the Lord sees in him something mighty. And so Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us. Now here's the question. Listen. Why then has all this happened to us? And I just can't help but think that there's probably a lot of people asking that same question. And then Gideon goes a step further. He says, and where are all his wonderful deeds that our father recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. So let's recap real quickly what Gideon's doing. Gideon's in a hole and he's beating out wheat in a hole. He's in fear. He's from a weak clan. He's the weakest in his family. This angel of the Lord, who is an Old Testament uh, showing of Jesus himself, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon says, well, how was that possible? And if you're with us, then, then why is this happening to us? And by the way, God, I've heard about how you rescued people from Egypt. I heard about the Red Sea. I've heard all those great stories of Joshua and Moses and all those before us. So where are they now? And, and I don't know about you, but I know in my life I've asked those similar questions. I mean, honestly, I've asked those questions where I've said, God, I've heard about your fame. In fact, it's in Scripture. I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. But Lord, I want you to renew them in our time, in my time. Make them known like right now. I don't want to just hear stories of the past. I want you to do something amazing in my life and in my time now. And so he asked the question, if the Lord is with us, then why is all this happening to us? So Gideon hears about the great works of God in the past. Yet he wondered why did not the same great God do a great work in his life? Gideon thought the problem was with God. Now the Lord has forsaken us. But see, this is what Gideon doesn't realize. He doesn't realize that the book of Judges is called the book of Judges. Well, not only because there's judges that happen, but it's a, it's a book of judgment that there are seven sin cycles that the Israel people go through where they have a good judge and a bad judge and a good judge and a bad judge. And every time that Israel would flounder and fail— and repent, God would forgive them, and God would raise up a good godly judge to help lead them. And then they would do good, and they would flourish, and then a 
bad, evil, you know, non-God-fearing judge would take over, and then the people would suffer. And this is the cycle that they're in. They're in this spin-sin cycle. And so Gideon, he's not blaming himself or the people, but what does he do? He does what we all do. He's saying that, God, you abandoned us. But in truth, Israel abandoned God. God did not forsake Israel. So God is calling Gideon to faith and victory. And I'm just telling you, too often we allow fear and doubt to cause us to not see that God is with us and that we have victory. So wherever you are, let me ask you a question. Where is God calling you to have faith and victory? Where's God calling you in your life, even right now, to have faith and victory? Maybe you feel like Gideon. Maybe you're wondering where God is. Maybe you're thinking that you're not strong enough. Maybe you're thinking you don't have the resources or your family doesn't have the resources. Yet, I promise you that there is a God in heaven that is looking at you, calling you mighty man, mighty woman of valor, mighty teenager of valor. But do we have the faith to step out and receive that and actually live out a life of victory instead of in fear? So as I said, this episode is kind of special because I had a chance to sit down with Anthony Thomas and really talk through how to navigate through fear. I think you're going to find this interview very helpful, very encouraging. I think you're going to find some great awareness in this. So we're going to take a quick break. And then right after the break, we're going to jump into my interview with Anthony Thomas. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question. Are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name's Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit c3advantage.net. That's C3Advantage.net. All right, welcome back from the break. I am here with my very special guest, Anthony Thomas, who is a pastor at Crossroads Fellowship, as well as a licensed clinical social worker. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Hey, glad to be here, Andy. Glad to be here interacting with you and your guests. So, Anthony, would you explain to us what exactly is a licensed clinical social worker? Yeah, um, it is a uh, license that the state issues to certain um, uh, credentialed people to allow them to do professional counseling, get paid for it. There's a few licenses like a licensed psychologist, a licensed professional counselor, um, a uh, licensed marriage and family therapist, and then mine, licensed clinical social worker. They're all... um, uh, on par with each other in terms of uh, the type of license where you can do professional counseling for people. Excellent. And so you're a pastor of a church and you're the care and counseling pastor of a church. Why is counseling within the church and what part does counseling play within the church today? Yeah. And more and more, um, a, a larger churches have um, staff that are um, experts at counseling. And I, I think it is playing more and more of a part. Um, seminaries are starting to train more and more theologically proficient people at counseling um, because counseling is just a, it, it, you can think of it as part of the discipleship process, quite honestly. Um, you could think of it as a precursor to discipleship or a supplement to discipleship. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's hard to just grow spiritually when you are having some mind, body, spirit issues that are so interconnected, maybe deep relational issues and problems. They so interact with our spiritual growth and can inhibit our spiritual growth that it can be impossible to do the 
discipleship kind of work that church pastors need to do without also interacting and thinking about mental health issues uh, as it comes to some individuals. And so that's that's the point of it and why it might be important within the church. Yeah, that's really good. I don't know a lot of people have thought about connecting counseling with discipleship. I think a lot of people view counseling as only when I'm in trouble or only when I really, really need to get help. But I really like the way you worded that, that it's really a spiritual connection with our discipleship and our growth. And so I also know that you are over all the care ministries at Crossroads Fellowship. Now, Crossroads is known as having a pretty extensive care ministries. Can you just tell us a little bit of the overview of not just what care ministries there are at Crossroads, but really, once again, kind of the why. Why does a church have so many different essential care ministries? Yeah, uh, so all of these care ministries are led by uh, folks within our church. They're lay-led. I have directors over these ministries, and so I work with the directors to help them do the work of the ministry, which is what pastors are really um, uh, you know, instructed to do through the scriptures is to equip um the, uh, the laity, the people to do the work of the ministry. And, and we've got gifted people that, um, that have experienced things and that have a heart for it, the gifts of mercy and other kinds of special gifting that make them um, particularly um, talented at the, uh, the kind of care that they're providing, more so than some of our pastors on staff. And so it's awesome to be able to come alongside um, a team of believers who are really desiring to help people. And um, kinds of ministries. You want me to share some of the types? Yeah, it'd be of great. Just to give us an idea, a little bit of what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, like Celebrate Recovery, for instance, is a ministry that uh, started out of Saddleback Church and is now worldwide. So Saddleback's out of California and is now worldwide and uh, in churches all around. We're one of a number of churches in the Raleigh area to have Celebrate Recovery, and it is a uh, ministry that's. Uh, geared toward helping people overcome um, various issues. They say hurts, habits, and hangups is the idea. And so uh, mm-hmm. you think of it sometimes as substance abuse or addictive issues, but it's bigger than that. It's uh, There's about 30% of folks that are involved in Celebrate Recovery that are dealing with some kind of addictive issue. But it can be, um, it can be uh, issues related to um, the Internet or pornography. It can be issues related to eating or food or... Um, issues related to anger or relationships. Um, there can be a lot of things plus alcohol, substance abuse, drugs. Um, and, uh, and so uh, a variety of hurts, habits, and hangups are addressed through a, a, a Christ-centered 12-step program, which makes it different than AA or NA, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. They also have a similar 12-step program but uh, the Celebrate Recovery model is really Christ-centered, Christian-based, but yet still works on a, that similar spiritual 12-step program. And uh, it really helps people um, uh, deal with these kind of hurts, habits, and hangups. So that's one of our, um, our ministries. Uh, it meets on Friday nights, and they have step studies and sponsors and uh, breakout groups that are open share groups. And um, a lot of a lot of good ministry that happens um, through that uh, that ministry. Um, we also have grief share, and so if you've lost a loved one, um, it, you know several times a year we offer a program 
called Grief Share that helps you deal with the, the grief that comes with the loss of a loved one. There's different kinds of losses, like the loss of a child or the loss of a spouse mm. or, um, you know, maybe loss of someone to this COVID-19 virus. And, and so uh, any of these losses would be broken into sub groups. And so when they have breakout discussion groups, they'll be talking about these uh, groups. We've also got divorce care, which is another ministry. Uh, if someone's going through the pain of separation or um, a divorce, um, they can uh, get help through the divorce care ministry. So that's three um, examples yeah. of, of types of ministries that we do. So if there's a church out there or a pastor that's listening to this right now, and they don't really have any quote unquote care ministries at their church, is there one particular care ministry that you would recommend that if most churches or any churches out there, that this would be one that you probably want to try out or get on board with? Which one would that be? I think uh, Grief Share what might be a the the first one to start with, because um, in every church, they're already doing, they're already helping folks with loss and, and dealing with funerals and dealing with people around grief. And this just helps that that's an easy first step. Church initiative is the organization that puts out grief share and they're easy to contact. They work with churches. They help you uh, figure out how to train your people. They come alongside you and uh, they have materials. Uh, so they have uh, it's video teaching and then you kind of facilitate and then deal with the breakouts. Yeah. Um, but that's a good place to start. Yep, that's uh, great. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So you mentioned COVID-19, and part of the reason why I wanted to interview you right now, in fact, the time of this recording, and then when this recording will air, we will certainly be still dealing with the coronavirus as a nation, and here in the Triangle-Raleigh-Durham area, uh, we are right now currently on a stay-at-home order, and like I said, as at the time of the release of this, we'll still be on that stay-at-home order. And I know that when all this happened, you know, at first... A lot of people probably didn't think too much about it. You know, it was overseas, it was in China, then, oh, maybe it was here. And then how quickly over the last couple of weeks, it's really ramped up nationwide. And I just know that there's probably a lot of people that are dealing with anxiety and fear and worry and panic when it comes to how do we navigate this? You know, because people are possibly losing jobs and now the people are working from home kids are being homeschooled, you know, there's a whole big disruption happening across the board. And so I thought, you know, you're, you're a counselor, you deal with care ministries all the time. How would you help somebody through this? If we were sitting down together and I came to you and said, hey, I'm having some issues dealing with fear, anxiety, worry, stress over all of the stuff that's happening with COVID-19, how would you walk me through that? Yeah. That's a great question. And it is gripping a lot of people. I'm having these conversations a lot. I, I would first ask some questions to try to just figure out if uh, you're in one of two categories, you know, just big picture, trying to think kind of simple. Um, but I'd, I would either categorize people as um, fairly typical as it relates to fears and worries and anxiety um, those, you know, everybody has a certain right. level of fear, worry, anxiety. It's very uh, normal. Um, it's something we all deal with and experience. Um, and that type of person, uh, you know, maybe they lean a little more toward worry than the average, but they're absolutely able to do fine in their daily job and work and school and, 
and uh, and their functioning's not disrupted at all. Um, but maybe COVID nineteen has um, has kind of kicked that up a notch, and so there's they find themselves panicky, they find themselves more worried than most. They're starting to get um, concerned, jittery. It's affecting their day a bit. They're, they maybe they feel like they're freaking out a little bit. Um, that is category one type person, which I think is is very typical. Um, and with that type of person, yeah, I'd have a I'd have some some recommendations. Um, these are these are you know the kind of recommendations I think everyone can apply, and it would help everyone. Um, and then there's a second type of person that. Uh, maybe they deal with anxiety much in a much stronger way than most. Um, uh, they may have, uh, they may be easily diagnosed with some kind of anxiety disorder or OCD or um, post-traumatic stress disorder. And anxiety is just a huge component of their life. But maybe, you know, somebody's listening and they haven't recognized that this is an anxiety. Maybe they have panic right. attacks so, yeah. So, so Anthony, it, it, before we go to yeah. the second category, why, why don't you, you mentioned something about some suggestions about, because yeah. I think a lot of people are in that first category where everything was fine and now it's not, and right. they're being inundated with the news and, you know, everybody's talking about it. You go to the grocery store and people are wearing masks, you know, it, it raises your awareness and possible fear. So what are a few suggestions that help people in that first category? And then we'll jump ahead to the second category. Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. Um, well, I would first, I would try to limit the amount of news intake that you are uh, receiving. You know, I, yeah. I noticed um, my wife the last few days has put music on in the house. Mm -hmm. And so for four hours a day or so, we're hearing Christian music playing. And that really uh, makes a difference. And uh, as opposed to kind of hearing one scary thing after right. another. Yeah, I mean, it's like every time you turn on the TV or the news, that's all they're talking about. Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe shutting off the TV for a while and uh, and doing something else. I, I, I'm thinking like we need to begin to practice more self-care. You know, if you're finding yourself more panicky, I think you need to think about, okay, what can I do to take care of myself a little bit? Because you're no good to anyone else if you don't take care of yourself. It's kind of like the recommendation when you're on the plane and the if the mask ever falls right, down, yeah. who do they say to put it on first? That's right. Your, yourself. yourself. <laughs> and and they, they do that because you can't help somebody else if you don't uh, right. aren't able to breathe yourself. And so we've got to, we've got to have enough uh, self-care. And so this becomes a little personalized, you know, whatever is, it, it helps you to be able to relax and it may be different than someone else, but um, for some, it may mean uh, reading a book or taking a bath or going on a walk or if something's open like a park or I heard the driving ranges were packed. I don't know if you've been to the driving range, Andy, but not yet. But, uh, these are these are apparently they're still packed right now. Right. And so uh, I think they create they make you distance yourself from each other. But um, but there are a number of things you can do that you might enjoy that might distract your mind, um, you know, reading and exercise or getting on the phone and catching up with a friend where you, you're not going to talk about COVID-19, but you're going to talk about um, kind of the, you, your, what you have in common. And, uh, and so, or maybe you can serve someone in your neighborhood or care for someone else. Um, maybe you can do a devotion. Uh, maybe you can uh, pray or get into the Bible or read a Christian book. All of these things can help manage your mind. They can help you relax distract 
and ultimately take care of yourself. And that's what someone in category one ought to be doing. And yeah. Yeah. Very good. Those are, those are great. You know, I I think sometimes we get sucked into stuff and so just turning it off, leaving, taking care of yourself, getting outside, you know, spending time with people and your family all seems to alleviate some of that. But then you started to mention more of a kind of a serious second category. So walk us through that second category of person. Yeah. And again, this would be uh, someone that you could clearly diagnose with an anxiety uh, issue. And and maybe someone already knows that they have this kind of issue going on and COVID-19 doesn't help. Um, or maybe it's become clear that they're not functioning well at all. Life's become unmanageable because of fears and worries. Um, you know, this this is more serious. And, and the reason I'm mentioning the second category is because Honestly, the the ideas that I just expressed in the first category can be offensive to people in this second category. They're kind of like, uh, you don't think I've tried to relax? You know, it's right, kind of yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, if I say, well, just pray, uh, you know, it's like prayer. I, I pray every minute of every sure. day and it makes me more anxious, you know. And so right. so uh, a person in the second category needs to address this in a full mind, body, spirit kind of way, kind of like we would high blood pressure. We wouldn't just Mm -hmm. say, pray for your high blood pressure. We have to say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a bigger, more, you know, specific issue. We need to think smart about this in a, in a full way. Spiritual is part of it, but it's not the whole part of it. And, um, and so we got to address it, you know, from a medical standpoint, from a mind, body, spirit standpoint. And, what I'd want you to know is that if you're dealing with worries, fears, if you're having panic attacks, if you're having a knot in your stomach, if you're starting to think suicidal thoughts like, oh, my gosh, I can't live like this. If I'm going to live like this, I'd rather die. Right. Uh, if you begin to get hopeless, um, those kind of uh, thoughts and fears, that's beyond kind of your average. And uh, and that is anxiety at the core. It's anxiety. It might have a specific diagnosis that's more specific than anxiety, but you're dealing with serious anxiety. And what I want you to know is it's treatable. There's help. You don't have to just suffer. You need to get help. And there's help you can get even right now during COVID-19. Yep. So walk us through a little bit of that. So so what do they do? What are some options, yeah. some suggestions from you? Well, um, first, I would uh, seek the help of a professional because I could give you um, the uh, some some strategies, techniques that I would give somebody in a counseling scenario, but those are so often tailored to the specific way it's expressing in an individual's life that it's much better for them to to get the help from a professional who's hearing how it's expressing in their life. So what I'd want you to know is is very specifically, there's teletherapy help right now. You can't easily go to a counselor's office and see them in the, the office, but there's a there's a good local resource called lo- loginclinics.com. Excellent. So say that one more time. Yeah, login clinics. If okay. you'll Google loginclinics.com, uh, the director of this program goes to our church uh, in our Wake Forest campus. Um, there's medical doctors on staff. There's ca- mental health counselors on staff. They're Christians. They're really uh, a great resource. They, they're teletherapy experts. And so, um, you know, I often didn't recommend them a lot because I thought I, I had this idea that most people would just rather go to the office <laughs> to see somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, right now, uh, it's so right great now you can't that we've go got them. Yep. I know. And and login clinics are professionals at this. You uh, you can contact them and uh, and 
their through mental health, uh, the, their counselor, um, you know, Sarah Harris is one of them. Uh, she would uh, connect with you and talk with you about anxiety and, and strategize around uh, a, a plan that would specifically help you. There's talk therapy that's available. And quite honestly, it's not that intuitive what will help you uh, to get past this. You First of all, you should know it's not your fault. Uh, mm. This is the way your body's wired. Um, you can't, it's not a spiritual problem. Like if you just had enough faith, you'd be better. No, this is, this is kind of a yeah, mind body beyond spirit. that first category of person where you yep. know, doing, doing some reading and some prayers, probably can get them through it. You're talking a whole nother set of things that are happening inside of somebody's mind and body. Exactly. Exactly. And it's real. And so, uh, we can tend to think of it in like, oh, they just need more faith. And, and, uh, and that really is, um, can be hurtful to someone who's struggling with this issue. Um, and so there's really is help. Uh, login clinics is a good option. Um, there's pharmacological help, quite honestly. So right. um, med- medication can be a help. And, uh, and, and so consulting with a, a doctor about what you're experiencing, and uh, they can talk you through some options. Um, many times people don't need the medicine because they realize, wow, with the, with the good talk therapy about anxiety, I can actually, um, you know, get a handle on this and 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 recover from this without medicine. But right. but sometimes you need both. You need a dual approach. Yep. Well, Anthony Thomas, thank you so much for that. That that's such a huge help. You know, I think putting things into two categories really makes a lot of sense. Uh, kind of defining am I which category am I? In? Am I just kind of feeling anxious and a little worry and a little fearsome because of just what I'm seeing and hearing, or is there something? bigger going on, you know, that not in your stomach feeling those, those thoughts that aren't real healthy at all and that there is options and there is help out there for people. And so once again, I'm going to say that website again, it's loginclinics.com and it's a great resource. Anthony, thank you so much for your time today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and stay safe out there. Thank you, Andy. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining and listening to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.